Welcome to Daft Souls. I am joined today once again actually by the full outfit, the full pack. You get all of the points if you put them in a row. Um, shut up and sit down. So I've got obviously I've got Mr. Paul, Hi. Mr. Quinns, Hello. and Mr. Brendan. Hello. Um, and yeah, we've just been doing more shut up and sit down stuff. We thought we'd squeeze in a cheeky Daft Souls in the process. And actually you'll probably have another one of these in a couple of weeks when we're all going to be in America. Together, we're going to be in the Gen Con convention. Gen Con convention, and actually, if you're interested in that, if you kind of think, what is a Gen Con convention? What <laughs> happens in a place when you have <laughs> that many board game enthusiasts all in one building? Then yeah, have a look at Shut Up, Sit Down in the next few weeks, and you'll hear about that sort of thing. I do know that one thing that's an institution there is they build a real dungeon and fill it with real rabid monsters. No, wait, it's not real monsters. But you can go in and you have a real life. <laughs> monsters aren't real. Just the so monsters you know. are, hy- are hypothetical. Uh, but, you know, they have, like, animatronics. It's, you know... Really? But the, Yeah, but the crazy thing about it... But you have to, like, buy tickets for this and we haven't got tickets. Yeah. Um, <laughs> Mike is convinced that I'm we're really going to be able to sort of press our way in, you know... And Might be, be able to press. To. I'm not that strong. <laughs> but <laughs> Crazy. The funny thing is, is the way they do magic items and treasure in this is that is with poker chips. And if you get a poker chip in a chest or something in one year at Gen Con, um, you can take it back next year. And the way they fund it partially is by selling like magical flaming sword plus two poker chips. And so every year, if you come back to Gen Con, you gradually fill up a bag or a belt or like apparently people wear sashes covered in these poker chips to show all the magic items <laughs> oh my and spells God. they know. That's brilliant because you just get a, like a two tier system of adventurers, one who's completely pure, can't yeah. afford anything, runs in blind and another who's like seasoned veteran. And the thing is, because you only do it once a year, you want to do it successfully. Yeah, <laughs> like, yeah. that's true. This sounds kind of like a place I'd like, I'd like a world in which I'd like to live. Of course it isn't, because then you would just be surrounded by people with sashes covered in poker <laughs> But I mean, ideally a world in which I can actually go and um, and, and do dungeons. Do real dungeons. Do a dungeon. I want to do a dungeon. Uh, sorry, I'm not exactly 100% complimented <laughs> this week. Um, I'm a bit ill. You may notice that, or you might not. Anyway, um, I'll tell you what I've been playing a little bit of this recently, week, sort of this week, last week. Uh, Destiny. Yeah. Uh, uh, what, what soundtrack are you doing? Is that, that, was that, Halo? that was Halo. But I mean, I mean it's basically you know, Halo. As soon as I turned up play on, I my head, I got incredible pangs of nostalgia for Halo. And to me, I'm going to call Destiny the real Halo too. I think I'd be very <laughs> controversial. <laughs> I think I'd be down with that because the thing is, I never got into Halo because I missed the boat. Right? I didn't have an original Xbox. Oh. It's fine. <laughs> you, can't, you can't all get into everything. It's no, fine. no, you can't. You can't. It's like some people probably didn't have pogs. <laughs> Losers. No, I, I didn't. Well, <laughs> I'm so sorry. <laughs> uh, but no, um, I didn't ever play the original Halo. I started playing Halo 2, Halo 3, and I was always a bit like, I was never into the online multiplayer side. I tried, but I was terrible. But I didn't really get it. I was like, why do people give a fuck about this character and these stories? And, and then I originally, I, I pretty said before, I played the original Halo when it came out as a re release. Yeah, uh, and the storytelling is actually fantastic. It's it like it was a ten-year anniversary remake on the Xbox 360, and it was the first time I played the game. And it's for, aged quite well for actually. a ten-year-old FPS. It was great. It was quite simple. It was like it was really kind of basic because so many things that we now take for granted in FPS yeah, they're games. all there. That's why it hasn't really. You say it's aged well, but it hasn't really aged at all because. All, all of its DNA is already in every shooter that you play now, so going back and, and play it. And some of them aren't doing them aren't doing it as well as Halo. I mean, for me, like the first person shooter beats are kind of sort of Wolfenstein and Doom and Halo 
and I can still play Doom and still feel that it does a lot of things better than some other modern FPSs. And yeah, well, it Halo seemed... Halo uh, still feels kind of pure. It seemed way. really simple. What I liked about it was it was a game about walking around, shooting things in the head and throwing grenades at things. Well, you know, the funny thing, most FPS is sort of, it's all about the shooting and it's all about sort of, even Half-Life, you know, is pin the cursor on the moving thing. Halo is nice because all the moving you're doing is actually very much incorporated in the in the game itself, you know, similar to GoldenEye. Like, yeah, it turns moving from a thing that you just do into a very important tactic. Yeah, it's like, it's like, it's like tactical choreography. You, yeah. you're, and the whole, there's like the trifecta, I heard someone say, the Halo trifecta mm. is shoot, throw a grenade, hit something. And, and, it's yeah, like, and they're all equally powerful and it's yeah. context sensitive, yeah. So you, you're just doing this ballet across the level trying to figure out the best way to, you know, throw a grenade into the biggest cluster of enemies. Yeah. I guess the other thing is the original Halo, and the other Halo since actually have been pretty good for it as well. It's one of the things that I didn't get it at first. I've never been one for playing FPS games on tough difficulties, but when I started oh, yeah. to play Halo 3, I think, on uh, on harder difficulty, it was, I was like, oh, yeah. Still wasn't quite for me, but I could see why people loved it because it, you know the enemies have AI, which yes. is a really rare thing in yeah. <laughs> these days. That was what really <laughs> caught me when I played the first Halo. Yeah, was and Brendan talking about, or both of you talking about the importance of moving around. You do, you can't sit there and shoot things. Yeah, no, they just swamp you. All that they have, like really good AI for for the time. Like I mean, uh, even for now. Yeah, you shoot. Uh, for instance, if you, when you kill an elite in the first Halo, and I think this carried on. Oh, the all the grunts like just lose their lose their balls like they just <laughs> like they just run away they can't they can't handle it and they like make it, it it's made very obvious that that happens from the start yeah and so you ju- you you prioritize the elites because they're gonna shoot you faster and it's gonna disarray put everybody else into disarray I think that was the thing I really liked about it was the fact that it actually gave the fights a sense of being a battle right yeah. in the same way that you know in like old school actual fighting you have like rules <laughs> that work just to clarify we are talking about. War. I'm talking about <laughs> yeah, old school actual fights. You sure, War. Yeah. fine. All right. Well, then uh, put it this way: like, do you think Destiny has all of those things? I was thinking about this, and I think it does have the same quality of AI, but it loses so much of the visual language. And while I'm still adoring it, the MMO nature, the leveling thing, yeah. like the thing we mentioned uh, today, uh, we were talking about the big crab boss that was in the beta. Mm. And it was interesting because you enter a huge open arena and there's a massive crab tank. And the thing is, is that in any regular video game, you would realize that you're not doing any damage, so you have to shoot in a certain way and figure out the attack patterns. But what Destiny does, and this is where the MMO note starts to hobble it a bit, it still lets you do like one or two damage from shooting the hull, which just leads to most people to think it's a really long, slow fight. Whereas if it had said, whatever level you are, you do zero damage. That would have been a very different proposition. The, the thing is that some enemies, whenever you shoot at them, if they're super high level, will say like resist, resist, yes. or immune. And the tank didn't. But yeah, that's that's silly to me. It's like to me, they should have put immune on a certain part of his body to, to make you realize, okay, I can't even hit it there at all. Why bother shooting it there? But with the visual language, what I'm talking about is you know it's so easy to recognize the silhouette of a grunt or jackal or an elite in the original Halo or, or the Flood, for example. But with this, everything is a bipedal six foot alien. I was going to say no, the I, difference between the hive which are like the flood basically in destiny yeah and uh what's magical, the other little, the magical flood uh, yeah yeah <laughs> and the the um the fallen yeah the other guys the Who covenant the covenant yeah uh it's harder to tell the difference like for a good po- like it took me reading the the, the names of the enemies that com- that hover above them whenever you uh, have them in your crosshairs to to know which was which i don't know i found them all quite uh, quite immediately like 
I don't know, I got used to them in a way. And I was kind of excited to see where it was going to go with that, actually, as it opened up. Because clearly, I think uh, in the beta, they... A lot of people complained because they were like, oh, there are only this many things, like, there are only this many areas in the whole That's game. That's nonsense, though. And, you know, that once we've seen this, is that it? Have we seen it? But it's like, I got the impression that really it was, even though you've got a large area of the game to look at in terms of a big, a big chunk of map, I felt very much like they were probably saving stuff and actually I think they've since said that yeah yeah, it's not going to be when you play the game again from scratch it's not going to be like that exactly well you know what stuff. even if they are mm. saving stuff I don't think it's a valid criticism because look at I mean if you take a really solid multiplayer game I mean Brendan you played Halo 2 like multiplayer the yeah. number of maps is irrelevant I mean Dota 2 I, when I started playing that idiotically I was like there's only one map that's crazy it's not about a map it's about what did Bungie say the original Halo was about providing a perfect five seconds of gameplay and then doing it over and over and over again yeah I don't see the thing is I don't think bon- I don't think Destiny achieves that like I can play an honor Destiny and have like as half as much fun I think it's I don't know I think it does do a pretty good job of that and I think the weirdest thing for me was I finished playing the beat I finished playing the beta I, I hit the top level uh, you could get to and I've done all the missions and I found myself just there was an area like where it was like there was quite a lot of high level enemies there and it was just there are, there are quite a few areas the thing is there are sparse bits where you're like okay there's nothing around here but then you get on your your hoverbike yeah, and it makes a cool. fucking awesome noise yeah, and the, the noise of, of the sparrows that, so that sound director needs the rest of the year it's off. just like oh <laughs> it's so good just it's so the same sounds that are in Tron Legacy as well no Tron Legacy uh, yeah. it's, it's, it's a very similar sound to what the pod racers made yeah. in, yeah. in uh, <laughs> Star Wars Someone which is the only good, the only really? good sound yeah. yeah it's this kind of like whirring that like and it's also the way that like they manoeuvre in a way which isn't like um I'm sure you can do it like this, but rather than being that kind of F zero style thing of the very gentle like curves and yeah, they they bump. It's almost like they've got suspension, like hover suspension. Yeah, it's very, it it's means very they, they turn yeah. very quickly, but it means you actually end up like weaving left and right, and it just feels. And right. you, you end up flipping them quite often. Yeah, but it feels right. Combat. It kind of feels weirdly rather than that. A lot of thing. And I found this a bit in uh, in, in Borderlands, which is obviously a natural comparison for this of like when you have the vehicles. Finding it feel it felt really cool to be driving the vehicle, but then it got really frustrating when you end up like hitting something or getting it stuck on a rock. Oh, yeah. Whereas, whereas in Borderlands it was like you needed to find the straight line and then stay straight. Whereas this it makes it kind of it kind of knows that you're going to be steering it all over the fucking place, and yet lets you make it so that you're like steering all over the place and like. But it still looks quite cool, and it still looks like yeah, that's fine. That's how you ride these things, surely. And you know what I love is that you know obviously everyone loves the ghost, the flying thing in Halo. Yeah, the ghost or the like ghost or the, ban- the banshee was the flying. Yeah, flying oh thing. the banshee. Yeah, so I'm th- everyone loves the banshee, and what Destiny offers, and this is why I'm absolutely going to buy it, is that it is essentially a Halo where you can have your own personal banshee and spend a lot of money making it faster, faster than any other player's banshee. Because if you focus all of your money and resources in just your banshee, in this case your sparrow, you can have a shit hot if, if it lets me do that if it I feel like my banshee I feel like I'm gonna wait it out and see how much variety the, the thing kind of offers how much variety do you need though to buy like a AAA game how many hours would you need out of Destiny because if you got 20 hours out of an FPS you'd say it's worth that's it. the thing is I played the beta for about only if it's a good <laughs> I played the beta for about th- four hours probably mm. and I loved it towards the end I'd say towards the end I maxed out all the levelling and all I was doing was just running around this area just killing stuff Yeah. and I just found it really satisfying just jumping around because um, I like the way that when you level up you do just 
I think, I mean, I, I'm really excited to see how that changes, but it felt like, I like the way it wasn't like, hey, you leveled up, do you want plus 1% damage? Or plus 1% <laughs> Yeah, it does give you actual discernible abilities and things. I mean, you're still nice. doing that yeah. thing of being like, hey, you've got some new stats, but it was like, you've increased your speed, which meant like, oh, my agility went up, which meant I moved slightly faster, and my jump meant that I could actually jump really high now. So I found myself, and that's when I started to feel the Halo thing, and it, it, I didn't get it at first, but when I started to get towards level 8, it was this thing of being like, getting properly flanked and properly fucked up and just being like, okay, running back, running back and being just like, oh God, I'm flanked. They're coming for me. They're throwing grenades yeah. and stuff. And just being like, I'm going to die and there's nothing I can do about it. And then being like, fuck, and just literally sprinting out of this tunnel that I was trapped in, doing, perfectly timing my kind of double jump because if you time at the right time, you get a real height boost. Yeah. And just leaping on top of this building where I knew I'd be safe and then just reloading my sniper rifle and just immediately coming back and just... You know, something I do think is a success as well, uh, like Halo on the higher difficulties always had that mechanic of like to get through tough areas, one of you was like a walking <laughs> spawn point. And it does repeat itself. In but here's the thing, and it does in Destiny, but the way they've done it with areas is I never felt that was as tedious as it was. I mean, like in the original Halo, I got through Legendary and it was exciting doing that, but I think they've made it slightly better in Destiny because a player, players you know, have to revive each other, right? But the areas always are designed such that you are never always safe. Like the really tough areas towards yeah. the charge. Mm. So like there were, we must have died, like the, our three-man yeah. fire team, we must five have died times, 20, times. like 20 times in the times we do a really tough I think it was like it was a lot of maybe times. it felt like twenty times. Okay, that's the thing because I like I I think but it's was, exciting as well. It was, was the say. strike stuff, yeah. That was when it opened up for me because actually I I like playing these sort of games on my own. Really, I like to just potter about doing stuff. Um, but I like the fact that when it got to those strike levels where it suddenly goes, oh no! You need, if you play on your own, two other it goes. People. You need like four or people or whatever. So people. it will go okay. And it just basically match makes and finds you three other strangers. I was still able to have that thing of me feeling like I was just playing on my own. But it was kind of awesome because it was like, it did that thing that Left 4 Dead did really well of, of generally speaking, apart from the boss fight, which obviously like was a bit confusing because it wants you that old school thing of weak points and getting better weak points open by doing the right criteria. Largely, it's like an unspoken thing about how it works. It's like, we all have to fight we all have to look after each other. Mm, if someone yeah. gets killed, you need to go and revive them. Because it's, it's your life on the line it's as simple. well. It's yeah. simple. And it's like waves of enemies coming from different ways. And I really enjoyed the fact that I had this, like, when I played that strike mission for the first time, I was playing with three complete strangers, but I felt this sense of camaraderie. No, it's amazing. And, and then yeah, like, like, even, even when we were playing, me and Quinn were playing with uh, Ahmed95. Shout out to Ahmed95. He was the bravest soul I'd ever played <laughs> but he had like no battle no whatsoever like he would just run into the fight get himself killed every time but even that yeah. but even that was like he had a personality yeah you know? like there was something there that like he wasn't I guess it's like it's difficult for players to be actively annoying you know it, it, it's always I mean just, they're gonna be as soon as things get really hard yeah <laughs> but I do, I do like the way that yeah I, I'm really excited to see the full thing because I did like the way that those strike team scenarios because they were basically like, and they did remind me of Left 4 Dead in a way, because they were kind of scripted in a way. Like, I remember in the, there was a bit where you were in an underground, tight mm. tunnel kind of complex area that was like lot, quite layered, quite 
vertically like down but it was it was a tight little area where you had to find loads of stuff and the level design by the way is really really strong it's really nice but it's just the way it holds shitload stuff we kept she, wiping we kept wiping caveat everything with the story is absolute trash oh but I don't care that's what I like oh no I don't mind the, the I story is fine awful. I tell you the story so, is so irrelevant bad. to me the last thing I want to say about this didn't notice any story well, this well that, that's okay then like it, I mean that I'm just it's just a caveat it's not like a big bug bear <laughs> I don't feel like it's it's what they're going for it's it doesn't get in my way you know you can just drift through it and the story is like irrelevant mankind has some planets there are monsters whatever but the thing I love is just that it's classy right like it's just if, if the world is going to be playing an online gun game together with five gajillion dollars thrown at it you know there's it's the fonts are nice there's no blood the, the fonts are the nice the music is strong like it just feels like a really solid polished product which I wouldn't be ashamed to play in front of anybody and I'll tell you what something I thought um, before it came out I thought it was a great idea with Borderlands 2 but actually I've changed my mind about since uh, what they did in Borderlands 2 is they made it so rather than picking up guns and then having to go through your menus and look at them they did that thing about how so when stuff was on the floor it would have a little pop up yes. box and it would show you what the stats of that gun were. I thought that was a great idea, but actually I don't think it was because it meant you had this weird flow-breaking thing of having moments of stopping and having to read all this text, and it broke up the flow. Well, one of the things I really like about Destiny is it's so subtle with anything that isn't related to what is happening right now, i.e. you shooting things and being shot at, that mm. you don't even notice it. Like the amount of times I picked up treasure and I just didn't even really notice it. But just, then between missions, you have the nice thing of going through your equipment and going, oh man, I can yeah. do this, this, And the this. only time, yes, the thing is you pick up stuff and then you go, you know, you can take a time when you're not playing to then go, oh, look at this. And actually the only time it makes you make any serious thoughts about what do you want to have? Do you want to have this or this or this? Are when you're handing quests. And then you can actually spend as much time as you want on that. So I think it's just a really smart thing. Mm. And it's maybe something that people haven't given enough credit for is the fact that it combines the RPG with the shooter, but it does keep them quite it's, separate. It's so smooth. smooth. It's so smooth. It's, it's, it's really slow. Battlefield salvage sort of. I mean, even like in an old fashioned RPG in a dungeon in, in yeah. a castle, you might not go through everything you found. You'd probably grab it and run. And there's a, there's a certain sort yeah. of battlefield salvage of right. I'm in a fight. Here's some things. Come yeah, but later. the thing about Destiny is that like I, I get what you're saying, but uh, I feel like it loses some of that balletic feel to it when so you're running through the battlefield. You don't pick up a gun if an enemy drops it. You just because that that doesn't happen in Destiny. No, but you do. You've, you can you have to go into like your start menu essentially to change any of your two guns but that's not and you lose some of the steel well no but that's not encouraged either because you it's not encouraged you exactly can't do it. so you end up going through an entire level basically with the CM2 guns there's no like variety there I know you get a third gun oh yes of course sorry and I think you, yeah I think you actually get more as I mean, plus you've got three you guns on top of all the level up abilities I think that's plenty not least because you can mi- you'll be mixing and matching with your team one, yeah because I was doing like, I was doing like maybe I'm just a bit more attention deficit than you guys but I, I just wanted more toys to play with I don't know I like, felt the cycle between the abilities I had as a warlock or whatever I was like throwing a grenade I was constantly pressing then... the grenade button trying to throw another one and being and, did you, and the cooldown not being quick did enough, you get the like, ability because there's one of the war, I don't know if you the warlock there's an ability where like then you, it makes it so every time you have a cooldown on this but every time that cooldown sounds up, you hit someone with a melee attack and it, it recharges, recharges yeah. your grenade, yeah. which yeah. is awesome. And I got that later. The thing is, when you get that, <laughs> and when you get like when you specifically started equipping armor and that would that would lower the melee, yeah, yeah. So then it meant I was like, I just had loads of grenades. I guess the, I guess if it, 
It's just low-level bullshit. Though, yeah, mostly. yeah, yeah. No, I, I think... and we, I just want to be able to do was, everything though, immediately. In the early levels, I was actually just quite satisfied walking around being like, I've got a cool pistol. I've got a cool sniper rifle. And I was having fun just shooting stuff in the head. Yeah. Um, but it does do extra damage if you shoot people in the head? I did like does, the heroics. There, there was a moment, again, playing with strangers where the, the giant spidery tanky thing that I thought was crap at first, but actually I liked once I understood how it worked and how you're supposed to fight it. But, Which is good, because probably you're going to have to fight it a few more times. Yeah, so. but somebody died near it, and it was that thing of being like, oh, God. And just <laughs> when you decide that you're going to do it, and you decide you're going to... You properly felt like a hero. The fact Sprint that, out of yeah. cover to It was like sprinting, people. running past loads of like minion mobs along the way and just headshotting them, and, and knowing that I was taking fire from every angle, but then managing to like do enough damage to this robot, running up to it by firing rockets at it, that it temporarily got fried... <laughs> reviving this guy right next to it and then yeah. both of us <laughs> running away just as yeah. it comes back to life and starts firing rockets I would out, feel so. I would feel more annoyed that they chose no, no, to no, do I, that. I'm about to say I would feel I would feel like that was more heroic if in the next if you hadn't just hidden behind something for 20 seconds he'd respawn anyway <laughs> they've got that that's what they've got like they've got a 30 second cooldown if you don't get revived you get respawned anyway so there's not actually that much like I was hanging back in that fight yeah. a lot if Ahmed ran in and got himself murdered again and again and again, I would just, I was just hanging back. The design of that first spider tank area is really bad for that though, because often you can't do that. But that area where you're introduced to the spider tank, it gives you so much space, and the spider tank doesn't yeah. move. Probably in later areas, there won't be like it won't be trapped in one area. I guess. Yeah, I, I I really think that 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 section will be they'll have pretty they'll a have lot of feedback that, about yeah. that I mean I think yeah the, the weird thing about betas in, in general is I had some, some people on Twitter I was like oh I'm going to check out the beta find out if I want to play the game and a few people were like it's a beta it's for testing the, the netcode it's not, it's not a demo and it's like of course it's a demo <laughs> it's a massive public sort of first try test look this is what the game's going to you know you can this it's is like out free Q&A for them yeah. and yeah. also Absolutely it's it massive amount of free marketing yeah I'll tell you what though it wouldn't work if the game wasn't phenomenal no of course I mean that's the thing is I basically I got a beta code for that game and it's quite telling that it's like yeah you when I got a beta code it gave me four of them it's like hey invite all your friends it's yeah. like this is a demo this is like they want as many people as possible to play and sure enough I think almost five million people did play it I was pretty upset when the beta turned off and that's really all you need to know about Destiny but I turned on my PS3 <laughs> and couldn't play it I was like I said at the end of last, uh, last week's podcast I felt genuinely entitled <laughs> yeah, it's not coming out until like September or something. I got really annoyed when I hit the level cap and I was like, I was like, but I want, and I, realized, I hit the level cap and I realized I'd done all the missions and I was like, but what? I want to keep playing. And I didn't want to start a new character and I was just like, what? But it worked, you know? Basically, I pre ordered, I was one of those mugs, I pre ordered the game to get the beta code thinking I'll play it. And then I'll probably just cancel the pre-order after I've got the beta code. Why not? <laughs> they you know, saw you coming. That's what people do. It's the way the world works. You know, don't blame me. Blame humans. But I'm going to keep it because after I finished playing it, I'm like, I was actually really surprised. I was expecting to play it and then just talk about it on the podcast and have it become yet another shooter game that I just sort of look at and felt made me feel really old. But I think what I like about it is the fact that it's so rare now that we get shooters that well like, well-made and well-polished. To be fair, the only people to pull it off recently really are Bungie. I mean, like, I think it's the best FPS since Halo. Well, most, if the thing is, it's, uh, what I was going to say is that well-polished and kind of sort of single-player? Because I know it isn't single-player. You play it how you want, that's nice. But you can yeah. play it on your own, and it's not competitive. Because the thing is, most of the time now, all the shiny, shiny shooters are competitive, because Handful. that's where the big money is. Yeah. 
And if it's yeah, not, yeah, I definitely prefer Destiny to Titanfall. Man, by the way, I was about to ask. All the journalists yeah. I know too were like, fast. as soon as Titanfall came out, everyone was screaming about it. All my journalist friends on Twitter and stuff, and it's just it stopped about a month in, and no one I know seems to. Be you know, everybody thing. loved it, but it seemed to burn out very quickly. Everyone got very. It felt like people really, really enjoyed it and appreciated what it was and what it did, but. Then I put it down like, and walked away. I feel like the same thing might happen with Destiny. I don't think if it they will. Don't I played enough. the Destiny beta for like six hours until it turned off. That means probably when the four games comes out, I'll play for eighteen hours, and that's enough. Well, yeah. then, yeah, well, that's that, that's what everybody did with Titanfall. So, I suppose, but I guess I think it's yeah. different though. I think the the weird thing about I'm being very negative this week. I'm sorry. No, <laughs> it's all right. It's, it's fine. I'm, I'm negative some weeks. I as saw well. you complaining about Ollie Ollie on Twitter as well. Oh well, uh, no, I was <laughs> complaining about Ollie Ollie in a. Ollie Ollie's brilliant. It's so. I haven't good. played it yet. It's it's excellent. It's this excellent skateboarding game where it's like it was out for the PS. It's, it's like first. Cannibal, but you're on a skateboard, right? Yeah, and uh, instead of instead of pressing one button to jump and do something, you have to press every button <laughs> in a different way every time you jump and land your oh, what? things so perfectly. So you have to do a different trick every it's time. It's a bit like you've played skate, right? Yeah. So the way I skate, you use the analog stick to try and like full, uh, to do gently a trick. rotate, and then I way. think you have to tap something right to land it properly. I'm not sure if you do that in skate or I don't think you do. No. Um, well, in Ollie Ollie, you've got to tap uh, the A button when you f- when you land on solid ground. Otherwise, you get a sloppy landing, and a sloppy landing is the worst thing that can happen because it basically divides your points by like a hundred or something. <laughs> so you can pull off the biggest, most amazing combo where you grind like 20 reels, you do all these amazing tricks, you, you pull like a 540 as you're coming down and if you land sloppily you get a thousand points instead of like oh, like 80,000 points or something. It's um, it's really, really good. It sounds like the equivalent in Tony Hawk's of when you fell over. Uh, yeah, no, but that kind you, of massive score just disappeared. In Ollie Ollie, it's more <laughs> hardcore. If you bail, the, the level's over, you just have to go back to the start and start again. But the levels are all short. It's really, really, it's it's best played in really short bursts of like a half an hour or an hour of Ollie I got Ollie, that with left browsers, yeah. And then and then stop because it can get so frustrating. Well, this is what I was just thinking about, like these little burst games. And I, I think when I think about Titanfall, I think about the way it felt. It's almost like for me, there's there's different... There are different sorts of, of sensation of excitement with games, and I think some are more reliable than others. I think it, it, it pulls down to like lust or love, you know? In a way, that I think when I when I first played Titanfall, I didn't play much of it, but I played it previously, and it was it's just incredibly exciting. Uh, there are some games where like you just sort of go, this is amazing. Like, you just immediately go, this is amazing. This I like where this analogy cool. is going. And, and then you just think it's amazing. Uh, but then you kind of just actually... After then that, you've had your fun. You've had your fun. You don't want it. Wow. I realise it's not really that. You're not really that into it, actually. Uh, sorry, it wasn't supposed to be that dark, but it is a bit. But this, is <laughs> this is the way. Life Do you works. find the game like looking at you with the same love in the eyes? Yeah, and you look back at Titanfall. You look back at Titanfall, and you kind of think we've had some great times, sure, but I just don't want to spaff on you anymore. <laughs> oh, no. I know. I took, it, I took it too far as a joke. Um, it's fine it's just uh, bad comedy but um, yeah like I think the problem not the problem the good thing about Destiny is I didn't find it exciting I wasn't like oh my god oh my god this is going to be so good it's it relaxing like, I just it? thought what's this going to be like oh it's quite pretty and I just played four hours and I just I just really enjoyed it and it wasn't like I found myself being like oh I'm so hyped for the full game it's just like it was it wasn't, it wasn't exciting it was just 
pleasant. Well, this is the thing I like about the... Uh, one of the like, I could play this for a really long time. What are the sort of tough missions called? The raids? Where you have uh, the strikes. The strikes. The thing I like is it's like it is a relaxing game. And if you want something even more relaxing, you can just tinker with your character. Or, and the game says... Do you want to have some fun? And you go, yeah. Goes, there's a That's the thing. Here. When I stepped it up, I was like, this is it really, really does exciting. become pretty intense. Yeah. There's so many enemies, all the enemies. But it's actually really. I like the fact that so many of the because the thing is, I like the characters of the big enemies. I like the fact that when you spot one of the big ones, like a witch or whatever, or like you kind of go, oh, mm-hmm. oh god, the wizard. Sorry, not witch. A wizard. Um, a wizard came from the moon. A wizard came from the moon. Yeah. Oh yeah. I, I, wasn't really a, I, I missed <laughs> that, you know that meme. No, I was, wasn't part of the alpha. I missed that. Oh, meme. we played oh. that mission. I didn't know that that was a special thing that day. But me and Quince went up to the moon, and it was it was like just swamped with so many enemies. And I was like, what, two or three levels lower than you. Yeah. Oh, you so I was really having a fucking time. hard time. <laughs> but it was like uh, this. I don't know, there were some moments on the strikes where like I'd spotted like a, like a wizard and a general or something, I'm like, oh, and you know that those, those guys can cause you so much grief, like if they get close to your, you get caught Yeah, that's open. the fun thing, if you run up to one of the big enemies, you go, instant kill melee, and then there's this boof noise, and you look and you've done no damage to their health, <laughs> yeah, it's they like just they, bat you across the They're arena. really dangerous, but it's, it's funny how like, in some of those areas in strike, it's like you can get really, really messed up and pushed into a corner and really surrounded by so many enemies. But it's quite satisfying. I had one point where I just got my rocket launcher out and just took out, like, they just come in. I took out, like, six enemies at once in one hit. And it was just like, yeah! It was just knowing that I just saved the rest of my team from, like, about two minutes of grief. Oh, man. The and best. It's like, did anyone see that? I just killed <laughs> everything. My favourite... It is the, did anyone see that thing? My favourite moment in the whole beta was doing that, um, uh, the moon mission with Brendan when he was... when you were two levels lower than me. And uh, that moment when... I think you were like cowering behind a pillow or like a rock <laughs> or something because you were waiting for your shield to recharge. And I just unlocked the double jump and I was like, don't worry, Brendan. As I saw gently over your head towards the enemies and just slammed up. The super for the warlock oh, yeah. is basically just a slam dunk of a grenade. Oh, was like, you go up and you fire a big like, Well, yeah, you can, you can throw it from anywhere, but it looks cooler if, I love, if I'm like edge or something. Oh, yeah, you've got, to be, you've got a lot of people. I've played some of the multiplayer, like the competitive multiplayer, and a lot of people do that. <laughs> Very that. slowly flying think, over. Although one of the most satisfying moments I did have playing that game was definitely using my Titans, uh, super, like the ultimate superman oh yeah which one's that uh, it's it? it's just this body slam that you do against the grind and it's just a huge shot does it take the camera out as well third Sorry? person yeah yeah yeah, yeah it yeah. takes the camera out and it just it, I just blasted away three people at a control point of one just killed three people <laughs> in one thing and it was it was very satisfying did that remind you because you used to play Halo 2 competitive yeah um, competitive that makes me sound like I played Team it professionally <laughs> no I used to play it all the time like uh, did you get that same vibe is what I'm asking Mm, I might have done if I'd played some more maps. I did play one map that was terrible. Really? I think it was set on Mars, and it was just so badly laid out. Really? But the other ones were, were good. They were solid. Hmm. I don't know what was wrong with the other one. It was just really asymmetrical and kind of tough to navigate. I, I jumped into it uh, because I was, I was match made with it. I was, uh, I was playing with a bunch of people, um, and they took me into a multiplayer game on Destiny. I was just like, I played for about a minute or two, and I was just like, I just got no interest in it. Yeah, it's, it's like you know what, like when I'm playing, when I'm playing, well, it's just like it's not for me. Because the thing I like about Destiny is it gives me that feeling of being like a badass in massive arenas, taking on loads of people and winning. I'm never gonna get that online. <laughs> <laughs> I don't, I don't understand the way. I can't get into the way that people think. It's just a different mindset. I can I can learn to play the system within single player games, but multiplayer games it's too much of a head job. And I'm not good enough at yeah. quickly pointing and shooting at I can things. see that. It's definitely not for everybody. 
But uh, I just, yeah, the way the camera pulls out when you slam down the thing, yeah, same thing. I always do it airborne as well. <laughs> it's like, it's without a doubt, I realize I go, ding, I've got my super. I just leap into the air, and then you press the button, the camera zooms out behind you in third person, you see your character hurl this blue giant ball of... It's like a black hole. Of the void. Yeah. Whatever. And it's just so badass just being like, I always do it recklessly, of diving into battle and just launching it down. It's like... Yeah, it's, maybe, maybe that was my problem when I played with you because you know the way my super wasn't working the yeah, whole time? Yeah. While yeah. Did you figure out why that was? It's my controller was just... Because the buttons were mapped to the back instead of the front. Yeah. So ah. there was the wrong way around, basically. That I So hitting... L2 and R2 is a, at the same time with the PlayStation 2 controller because they're both like pre- they're, they're pressure sensitive, kind of yeah. sensitive it's harder for me than just pressing the top shoulder button so I switch them around and I can do it fine uh, okay because they're buttons rather than analog yeah. things Dumb. man I'll tell you what I've been playing that um, that I didn't get to talk about last week mm-hmm. but I can talk about briefly because it's fascinating it'll be an interesting segment so long as you guys ask questions so it's not <laughs> just me, me talking but um, uh, Inazuma 11, which is... Um, oh, yes. So this RPG series that's always been on, like, handholds, I think, in Japan. And it's basically a football RPG. Like, it's it's Pokemon meets football. Okay? You, you downloaded this because you were watching the, we were watching the World Cup final. <laughs> you said, <laughs> and you said, yeah. I'm going to download Inazuma 11. <laughs> yeah, I got really excited about the concept of football. No, nothing is more excited about the concept of football, though, than Inazuma 11 itself. Which is, like, there's a whole genre in Japan, it turns out, of, like, s- sort of sports manga... But a lot of the time it will exaggerate things. So like baseball things where people literally hit the ball into space and stuff. <laughs> but Inazuma 11 is a football one where it's localized brilliantly for regional English accents, but it's clearly still Japan. So like the first thing this happens is a kid walk out of his like sort of Japanese cheap housing. He's maybe like 11 and his name is Arian Sherwin, <laughs> which is an amazing bit of like English meets Japan. And uh, he goes, my goodness, I can't believe today I'm finally going to get to play football. (laughs) And he runs to school. It's like getting a Pokemon. You you, you reach a certain age and you can finally It is exactly that. And so he runs to school and he's like, oh, I really hope I join the club. And the initial plot of Inazuma 11, uh, Light and Dark, which is the new one on the 3DS, came out in England like a couple of months ago, is you arrive at the school and you've got the A-team and they're all really good, but... FIFA in this universe is like this dark thing because football's gotten so popular that like in American schools, you know, you can just, if you're really good at football, you just get, you know, you can get the grades you need to get into good universities. So that's become corrupted. And so like certain schools have their football results rigged and your school doesn't do that. Yeah. So this guy from FIFA has come in. He's, he's a kid. Is it Pokemon. actually FIFA? Or is it no, like it's it? not. It's not. It's got a name. I forget the name. But <laughs> it's basically, it's it is libel, otherwise, <laughs> and probably accurate. <laughs> so you come into school, and there's a 12 year old with a black cape who says, "Like, yeah, um, FIFA definitely wear black capes." Yeah. <laughs> that's, that's the first reason I knew that that's they were evil. Apple. He's so good, right? He plays football with his hands in his pockets at all times, and uh, what he, he says that um, if I beat your A team of football then you can never play football ever again. <laughs> and then, then the plot spirals from there. But the mechanics of it really are like, sort of like, uh, you have a, you, you essentially have FIFA on the DS, sort of, but turn-based, and you draw where all your uh, footballers are going to go on with the stylus. And then it's an RPG where you can recruit all different people from around town, and they all get special abilities, like kicking the ball super fast. I've got a defender currently who's fucking awesome. She, uh, she summons Mist 
And then, <laughs> and then walks up behind strikers who look really confused and then she just takes the ball off. You know them. what? This is exactly what I want because I tried to play a football manager uh, 2014. Uh, doesn't have enough ninja stuff in it. Doesn't, doesn't have enough mist. After the World Cup because I felt like, oh, maybe I could manage a football team and it's so dense. It's so hard. It's just, I, like, did you find it just totally opaque? Oh, it's just, it, like, I'm not that into football anyway, so it's it's hard to understand on that level but it goes into so much detail I can see why people get really into it because it's basically Crusader Kings 2 yeah. <laughs> but instead of for history nuts it's for football nuts yeah. so it's like I can see why yeah, people get really I, into it I always found it like, hilarious like when I was a kid obviously like you know just people give you shit for being like really into RPGs and it's like no Baldur's Gate ain't got a shit on Football Manager yeah, football that's Manager a walk in the really park you used to play Football Manager a bit didn't you Paul? I did actually ages ago I haven't touched it for years but in my late teens and my early 20s I back when it was like championship manager and still SI was still making championship manager I, I did sometimes yeah do you know why you didn't have like why you've never gone back I think it's because I lost interest in the sport huh. and the reason is and this I don't know this kind of ties in with what Brendan said is I think at that kind of age maybe I, I've never been a huge football fan but I followed some football and enjoyed watching some football and I knew who all these people were so I did know who all the characters were Billy Football yeah, exactly, Steve Football right. yeah. James Legs is, yeah. is top um, and you know seeing where Tommy Eight Legs goes in the game compared to because what you do is you'd meet with friends and say oh no I, I had that guy on my team but he broke his leg and went to South America and <laughs> went, went mad and became a coach for a weird and you know your friend would say oh well in my team he's amazing and he joined the England squad and he, and that would be it it would be the stories of that had that grounding in reality and I guess which, is, which sounds I exactly I guess this, this must have all of the classic Japanese game tropes though of, of you have like the incredibly fat, useless one who's really shy and is rubbish at everything, but then if you train them up enough, and you see them like, develop, they become the best character. Yeah. Not quite. It's weirder than that. Like, what they've had to do is every cartridge of, well, it's not quite the same, but when you start a new game of Inazuma 11, it randomizes the people in your town or something. And so it's got the That's Pokemon good. thing. I of, prefer that. To get everybody on your sort of bench, so to speak, you need to trade with other players. But everyone is pretty much about as good as each other, but their stats are all different. So, like, <laughs> In the, this game's perception of the world, like the big kids are actually really dangerous because you can't tackle them when they have the ball. Like they just run and they're like a freight train, and you just can't. Stop. But what's funny is that um, it's take it. They've got hundreds upon hundreds and hundreds of kids who you can recruit, but they've had to give them all like a little one-line bio and a look that's different. It's how, how do you make a thousand kids look different? And it's fun seeing all the kids. Like one of them has like a plant growing out of his head. And no one talks about it, and his bio pretty much stops there. I don't mind that sort of stuff when it's uh, when it's randomised, a bit like... I think it's not the same, but um, I remember playing the most recent... Um, what's it called? Uh, Fire Emblem game. Mm. And I, I was really into it, but I remember the point at which I lost interest in it was, was because it was that thing I was talking about, of having a blatant character that's going to be really good. Basically, there's a little side quest early on when it's like you get to find this little bumpkin kid who's like, oh, my oh, family are being killed. Yeah. Oh, whatever. And you're like, all right, come with me. And he's rubbish. And he gets, I think he's called Donald. And, and he has a bucket for a helmet. He's got a bucket for a helmet and a pitchfork. And he's useless. He like he will die in one hit. He does nothing. And he's just crap, crap, crap. But you level him up and he's just his stat increases are ridiculous, right? But then it has this really weird thing that doesn't make any sense. The fact that basically it's like he became... A monster, like he, became, <laughs> he was like Sauron. Like it was just this ridiculous thing. If it was like most fights, there's just no point. Anyone else, like 
Thing is, we could send the rest of the army into this castle, <laughs> but they might get hurt or killed. Whereas this guy, no. Like, anyone who attacks him will die. Like, half the time he killed people, he, it wasn't even his turn. He's just like, we just can't even attack him. And he counterattack, and they'd be absolutely screwed because he just did so much damage. But then you still have all the cutscenes and firearms. One of the joys yes. of it was yes. so many cutscenes where all the characters got to know each other. And this is the problem. Basically, the weird thing they did in the most recent uh, Fire Emblem was you, ha- you have the cutscenes, but also you can make characters fight next to each other and they can attain, oh, yeah, attain them up. Yep. S rank with each other, which means they can basically, like, they can yeah. get married and they have kids and. They have this really odd thing, and it's sort of like I kind of get why they've done it, but they make it so that it's like the I think the mothers, because basically it's this weird thing if you end up meeting the children of the partners, but they're only related to the mothers. Um, but anyway, the weird thing about uh, this character in particular, Donald, is the fact that within, clearly within the context of the story in my world, this guy would have become an incredibly big deal. Like, and yet they just didn't have much dialogue for him. And he just increasingly just started, just was the kind of like, oh, hello, I'm just a, uh, an idiot bumpkin. And he, st- he was still kind of written to be this sort of shy, idiotic child. And it was just like, it just sort of slowly grated with me, the fact that he was still deemed as not being a part of the story at all and I understand why it's because at any point he might die and you might have to write him out entirely yeah. but having it's like what the fuck it'd be like having like a dragon on your army and then being like no one ever talks about it <laughs> despite the fact that it's the thing that wins you all of the battles the thing that made me lose my mind about that Fire Emblem was a decision at the beginning of like you can be on easy normal or hard right yeah and you can play with permadeath or not and that just killed my entire enjoyment of it. I played it for, God, must have been 40 hours, and well, I was addicted playing for with a while. Permadeath. Well, here's the thing. <laughs> it's you. like, which of those settings do you pick? Do you pick... Yeah, so I, I didn't do, know. Let me, let, I'll do a thought experiment with Brendan, right? So um, do you want easy, normal, or hard? And do you want permadeath or not? Uh, I guess I go normal permadeath, because okay. I feel like it would make it more... So now you're playing a game that's too easy, because I've played a lot of strategy games, except occasionally someone really important dies. Like, it's so easy that I would find myself going on autopilot and not really paying much attention to what was happening in fights. But the moment my concentration slipped, which it would often, because it was easy, I would end up losing a character, which was incredibly annoying. So I went hard permadeath. That's too hard, and all the characters just end up dying. (laughs) So then I went hard no permadeath, and that felt like I'd lost the point of the game. And by that point, I'd also lost a lot of my momentum because it's like I played for 10 hours on one difficulty. Now start again. Restart, yeah. I did the same thing. I played for about four hours and restarted. I agree. I think... I really do feel like not always, but with a lot of genres, like giving you difficulty settings is now a bit of an outdated thing. I think unless you've got a smart way to do that, just make a game. <laughs> like I think, I think maybe like I think that's a good point. I think sometimes like there's a lot to be said for a game which is just really well paced. I mean, I enjoyed Far. I think I, yeah, I mentioned this on Dark Souls, but I played Far Cry 2 on Infamous. Um, <laughs> You're insane. Yeah, but, uh, no, but it, it became a better game. But I, I cannot. And like we talked about Halo's like legendary difficulty settings, and I definitely enjoyed putting. I know a lot it of people depends. who blitzed Mass Effect on easy. Oh no, I did, but that's because Mass Effect was a, a very badly made game. Yeah, yeah. Like, some games you just play on easy because you're not playing for the... the yeah, I mean, I, I ended up putting um, Bioshock Infinite down to easy towards the end, and it's just because the fighting was very tedious, yeah. and the last section of the that. game was a fucking joke in terms of, like, it's just yeah. like, we're just going to chuck loads of stuff at you. It's like, mate, mate, this already isn't fun, <laughs> and you're putting more... Oh, in my it face, was like it's not making doing it homework fun. or packing. I just kept dying. I'm just like, I don't <laughs> want things to get through. Yeah, it was just like, stop this. Do you know, I popped down. Have any of you guys? I popped this down to easy. Uh, have any of you guys played Gods Will Be Watching? It's very new. Yeah, I've heard really. Oh, the point and click thing. I know it, but I haven't. Uh, 
it's it's supremely disappointing. I yeah, I, it's, yeah, it's the sort of game that I would almost immediately buy just on what it looks like. Uh, yeah, no, that's that's it's kind of what I did. Um, uh, but then I read reviews and everyone said it's super new. Because it 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 it's. But I mean, why was everyone so excited? It was only a small team. Because the, an indie game. Yeah, right? but the trailer made it look like oh, here's a game that's going to be about kind of uh, so consequence and like choices and consequence, right? The it person really who made the trailer did such a good job that now the PR now the game is in, is enjoying a PR shitstorm. Yeah, well, kind of. Yeah, I mean, like, uh, because it made it look like it was a game about choices and uh, people dying, and you just having to deal with that. Hmm. But it's not. There's like a there's if you get uh, like every the level will start and it'll just be like a room and a sequence of things you have to do. Like the first thing is you've got some hostages that are police uh, kind of advancing on you. You have to download something, and you basically have to, you can do you can deal with the hostages or you can deal with the police or you can deal with the download and you, but you can only do one thing at a time and stuff is always going to happen like the police will come a little bit closer or the, one of the hostages will get more nervous and eventually they'll try and kill you um but when you do it wrong like you you can do it wrong is the thing like so if all your hostages get dead or get killed uh, the police will just launch tear gas in and it'll say oh game over you've 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 failed and it'll tell you like what choices you made but I won't let you continue on. Like the story has a set, it, it oh, has so a set arc that you've got to get correct, and that's really, really annoying in a game that's supposed thing, to be about choice. I read the yeah. thing that made me think, "Oh, fuck that!" Was the way it's like it allows you to have it so main characters get killed, but then they're just there the next level. <laughs> yeah, I read it's like, "What the fuck what? is that about?" Like I only played for the first two scenarios uh, because I was so disappointed. I played for like. It was probably an hour and a half because I had to repeat us, repeat them so many times to try and get them to try and get the order correct of like the amount of things you have to do. Um, and some people didn't have this problem. Like Richard Cobbett said, he didn't have a problem. But I think it's just because he's so he's so literate in adventure games yeah. uh, that he picked up on all these cues that I didn't get. And when I say cue, I mean like a pixel man shuddering a little bit faster than he had been in the previous frame, and it's like. Oh, it was just so banjaxed. It's just a <laughs> dumb game. Like, it's a shame really it, it does look awesome. It does definitely look It's got a great name. But uh, yeah, I don't know. I mean, I think that's... Yeah. It's, it's, it's a difficult thing with these things of, of wanting to... I think sometimes it's like you end up putting it up to a high difficulty because it's not enough of a challenge or putting it down because it's... It's just a, a bad challenge. I mean, the only times that I've enjoyed difficulty settings are when it, they change the game utterly. Like, I would have... Like, I like... You know, Legendary on Halo is great because you have to play the game in a different way and it makes you analyze mm. areas differently. Far Cry 2 on uh, on Infamous was fascinating because it turned it into this breathtaking, terrifying, realistic thing where, like, even fire spreading scared the shit out of you. <laughs> like, I remember just... My favorite story in Far Cry 2 is being in... Do you remember the level which was just a sort of sunken village in, like, a swamp where everything's on, on stilts? So, oh, you know, yeah. creep in stealth because you cannot set off the alarm. You have to be so careful with these things just because just you'll get gunned down. But there was one riverboat with a mounted gun. I went, oh, I have to take that out. So I fired a rocket, you know, from the dead center of all the enemies, but I knew I could fire it, crouch, and they still wouldn't know where I was. I'd do it, take out the boat. Let's do this. And then I realized that the back blast from my rocket launcher has set the hut I am in on fire. <laughs> and, uh, and which means, you know, suddenly I had to leave the building immediately, but obviously I, I was no longer in stealth mode. <laughs> it was like suddenly a man, but where did that rocket come from? One building, <laughs> the place is on fire and a man runs out carrying a rocket launcher. I'm sorry. Yeah, but um, 
What was I going to say? Yeah, difficulty... Uh, I, I was going to say, I think you, I hadn't really thought about it, but you're spot on with the whole uh, Fire Emblem thing, because I've, I've tried... Because uh, it reviewed so well, and people, everyone was like, this is an amazing Fire Emblem game, it's the best Fire Emblem game. Yeah, I did enjoy it, I had some fun with it. I felt, I felt the way it fudged things narratively was a bit weak. I think the way it does the kids thing and the way it's like, because I spent so long matching up couples and I got really into that of being like, oh, you're going to get married to him. Yeah. And (laughs) And then having it so that the kids actually are, they're not a reflection of their parents. They're just a reflection of their mother. Mm -hmm. And that's it. It's like, there's no, there's some stats involved, but not even that much. You weren't even breeding them. (laughs) Not even properly. Uh, But no, it was that thing of it. It was, but I did end up playing it on easier difficulty because it was just too painful not to. You know, a thing that's, that's got to be coming, by the way. This is where I was. This is where I was going with my rambling before. Um, as far as difficulty changing, um, not just making games easy, but they've got to be making action games shorter. Because I know Brendan, you turned Last of Us onto easy because you lost your mind at it being hard. So many people, yeah, Mass Effect goes onto easy because they just wanted the combat to be less annoying. But having said that, with like Mass Effect. Two and three, I, I I happily played on hard difficulties because it was just like it was, Mass Effect Three. Like for all of its faults, Mass Effect Three was a fabulous game about shooting things. Yeah, it was. But the thing is, like, I bet if you took a poll of the people who put Mass Effect on easy, out of how many of those people would have loved the combat to have been shorter? Because if they they clearly want to just get through the combat, yeah. Like, and I, I can't be that difficult to shorten because those those sections are all filler anyway. You know, less waves of enemies, for example, or a couple of corridors taken out of your nine corridor installation. <laughs> anyway, I think I think that's got to be in the pipeline, and if it's not, it should be. It's true. I think that's fine. Like, uh, yeah, I'd definitely go in for shorter games so long as they make them cheaper at the same time. Well, I mean, like, I wouldn't. I don't yeah. mind it. I don't mind it. I think the thing is, I, I wouldn't do pay the same for like a, a six-episode season as I would for a, a twenty-four-episode season. You know, I don't know. I kind of feel like. I mean, I think at the moment, as I've said in the past, we, we have rough, we've gone back to silly season now of like something like a video game is worth fifty-five pounds or sixty pounds, but because it's you, we'll do your special deal of forty-eight. Yeah. <laughs> it's like yeah. go and yeah. fuck yourselves. Yeah. Like no. It's just ignore. I mean, that's the thing where PC gaming is just better because the prices haven't suddenly gone mental because there's been no reason to. It's just new games. New games cost probably forty pounds most. How much is Destiny on PS3 then? So do you have to pay like if you if you download it from the PlayStation Store, Destiny is it's it's fifty quid if you download it a digital thing. But that's not unusual for PlayStation Three. I think I pre-ordered it for like I think I pre-ordered it for like forty, forty-five. It's bollocks, but you know, it's like every now and then, okay. But I think yeah, it's it's a problem with the fact that it it makes more sense to make well-produced shorter games, and yet they're just so. Like hooked into that lifeline system of, of making games that they can sell for 50 quid that it's like how do you justify that but if it, the thing is if people keep buying them I mean I can't remember where I heard it but the horrible phrase like the market will bear it is uh. Adam Smith sort of if people are going to pay that much for your thing and you sell enough copies to to make money from all it alright Souls boycott we're calling out to all you <laughs> all video games we're gonna boycott Stop all buying the games. your video games I tell you what though the market isn't bearing it you know AAA isn't making money anymore well apparently it's not so much now is it yeah, right but like I mean still this is the stupid thing you know it's like uh, it's like cinema tickets the games aren't making money so we'll increase the price which, yeah, is, kind of yeah, which means terrible the, the market yeah. shrinks but I mean I, well, I, 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 think, least, I at least understand it because it's not like they'd make more money from lowering the they're price they're specialising you know and I think it's really interesting you can you, you don't need to look at the numbers anymore right you can look at the way that different um, publishers 
and different developers are, are approaching this problem of how do we get more money from our fans. It's like they don't need to give us d d detailed infographics about who their demographics are. You can tell by how they do it. And it's like, yeah, like, I mean, everyone fucking gets so angry at the fact that Capcom for years have been doing all this bullshit DLC with costumes and more sexy costumes and just charging, like, just having a ridiculous quantity of fluff. But they clearly must be making money from it. It must, be, <laughs> it must be there are lots of people who are Street Fighter fans or whatever who will will spend a fortune on more costumes and bollocks. Yeah. Whereas, like, you've got, like, you know, Konami with Metal Gear Solid. They're clearly really going mm. to town with bespoke little experiences like the... And, and toys, like, you know... Mm. Like, Bethesda's another example, you know? Bethesda make games for significantly cheaper than, like, other sort of American RPG designers and then also managed to release a lot of quite small DLC for it. Yes. Yeah. They made a fortune selling horse armor, didn't they? I heard, they? I heard. <laughs> they were all able to buy very large... No, that's bollocks. No, no, they did They did make a fortune with the horse armor. Oh, right. Apparently it was like one of the most popular downloads for years. Well, the, like in Crusader Kings 2, what the biggest one was the ruler customizer download for Crusader Kings Oh, yeah. Kings what? Yeah. What's this? Uh, of all the d different DLC you get for CK2, I think that the ruler customizer one was the... You mean so popular. you could design your you own... Basically, yeah, you, d you design like just your face and oh. head and layout so it's kind of like, I think so it's a character creator yeah it's a character creator but you do you do you get to do the stats and stuff with it I think well? you get to tweak it somewhat but it, it's like it's a tool that lets you play with the stuff that's just already in the game it just gives you access to those things yeah. it's funny how many and people so would many like, people bought it I tell you what if I was a kid as well I would totally pay you know I would bother my parents to pay five pounds to get me the super gun well, I think it's super just damage. It's not even about. I think that's the thing is, in the past, it's all been about that. It's all been about DLC as being like, hey, you like this game? Let me get you a better gun. You want a better gun? Of course you do. You want the best gun? You want the best gun? That's, this will cost you this much. Eight hundred pounds. Seems very much aimed at just the kind of like it's a childish mentality. Sure. Yeah. Do you want you want the best thing? Yeah. A better but, gun than your friend. But I definitely not, feel like the cosmetic stuff is where the real money is at because that's how. All well, it's, I think it's more free, to do with free to play, really successful free to play stuff. Do it's, that. It's the yeah. Do, to, um, yeah. do that. It's, it's the movement to Hobbit. Tanks even, I think, does that. And it, it's, yeah, it's the thing of, rather than like everyone buying the best gun and, oh, I've got the best gun now, it's more like, I've got a different gun. And it's also, it's, it's also a lot more, it's also a lot less murky and like grungy to do that, isn't it? Yeah, because it also is. somebody just wants to look cooler, all right, you know, it's your money, you're not, you're not affecting the design of the game in I any think way. we've got a really weird situation now with uh, the way that, and I think it's cool to see games growing out of it because... I guess what people have realised is like, hey, we've got this. People love this franchise. People love the Halo franchise, right? So what do we do? Well, people out there love it. So what we do is we just keep releasing Halo games. You make another one. You make another Halo game. We make another Halo game, and you just keep selling them a new product in the form of a sequel. But I guess people have started to realise now that for some people who are really devout fans, it's like you just. It's like for them, it's a hobby. And because it's a hobby... They don't need to buy a new Halo, though. They don't necessarily need to buy a new Halo. No, they could buy something else. And that's why I think it's interesting how Halo, with Halo now, they're doing, like, the TV stuff, the show, and... Yeah, and, Nightfall. And, My brother's know. actually working on Halo Nightfall. <laughs> really? Oh, wow. Yeah, yeah, he's a production... Uh, edit, like but no, it's, it's true. Like, getting into Netrunner as a card game, I actively look for ways to spend more money on it. It's why I have, like, custom tokens made by a third-party American company, because when you play something that much like so much of my life for a while was Netrunner that it's like yeah. damn straight I would pay money to make that part of my life even better if it's like something I'm doing 
every single like Tuesday night. I think it's just like, you know, if you're a massive enthusiast about it, it makes sense. And I think, you know, people have the same thing with films and franchises. Star Wars, you know? It's like, I mean, obviously now, I mean, this this actually doesn't quite work because obviously now they are (laughs) making a new Star Wars film every year. But for a long time, it's like, they didn't make any fucking Star Wars films. Let's just make loads of other Star Wars stuff. And people, because they love Star Wars, people will show their Mm. love for it as a hobby. But I've been thinking about sequels a lot lately, right? I've been thinking about the fact that I I was writing something... uh, I wrote something for Vice this week and I was trying to think about um, the whole Dark Souls 2 thing. Uh, hopefully people won't come across. Anyway, um, <laughs> it ended up me being talking about like wondering if all the people who were giving it 9s out of 10s were secretly standing there surrounded by everyone else and sort of quietly thinking to themselves, is it a bit, is it not, is it this good? <laughs> <laughs> well, I don't know. It's dangerous territory because it's I, like, uh, but anyway, I'm, yeah, I, I was just going to say that the whole thing I find really interesting about sequels is we have this really weird thing with video games where we, we kind of automatically, even though we know it isn't true, we automatically treat a new version of a game as being like the definitive version yeah. before it's even out. Like a so, refined improvement of so whatever it is. I, I could sit and say, oh yeah, Dark Souls is the, one of the best games I've ever played. You should definitely play Dark Souls. Dark Souls is amazing, so good. And then you could end that conversation going, oh cool, well I'll probably buy Dark Souls 2 when it comes out. It's like, can you imagine if somebody did that? We like You t- you spend an hour telling you about I'd someone probably else. probably slap them. Like Jurassic Park. You could say, oh Jurassic Park is so oh, good. Yeah. And they go, oh, oh brilliant. Just well, I'll probably, just, I'll probably just watch <laughs> Jurassic Park 2 then when it comes out. But they like the... Uh, I agree with you about Dark Souls 2 by the way like I don't think that that's an improvement on the first gear I'm just fascinated and this is why I wrote this piece about it and I really hope it doesn't rub people up the wrong way I think a lot of people would probably agree with you I can't I cannot think about Dark Souls 2 without wondering what was going through the minds of all of these people who have described it as a masterpiece (laughs) and uh, I just think I feel like to me and I think I think it took a lot of retrograde backward steps a lot I just feel like I don't know I, I wrote this analogy about it it's like you know it, it feels like people standing in a gallery and that whenever you're in a gallery you're surrounded by people stroking their chins whilst there's always a few people sitting there silently kind of going is it not a bit shit <laughs> <laughs> uh, and I really feel like there's an element of that in game reviewing but I think it's very much amplified by Dark Souls 2 just because having, of what it is and the background and it being such a niche cult darling as a series and having like, said that like I do find like the 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 sequel being better than the first movie ratio <laughs> between like games and movies is, is definitely on games' side. Oh yeah, because games are I mean, because they're different. Like, well, they've traditionally but they're, they're it's te- a bite refinement. A lot of the time, they're technical, technical products, and yeah. especially so for the last twenty years, the tech has been advancing. You know, far faster than the artistic nature. I like. Of I like that you're just re- reciting uh, this, I've like, because you've said this all. Yeah, yeah, but I mean, like, obviously. But that's actually changing now, finally. Like, the tech advancement has yeah, slowed down. Yeah, it's slowed down. Because, like, we've now reached a pinch point where the money required to make a technology, technologically advanced game has peaked. Like, almost a peak oil or something. And now we meet, we're looking around going, oh, what do we go from here? And the answer is, you know, we probably Just chill give, out. We, give, we chill out. We Oculus give smaller, Rift? No, Brendan. <laughs> we give smaller teams less money to experiment more, and we focus on the creative side of the medium. I guess that's true. And it's, it's that weird thing of being like, yeah, I guess in the past it'd be like, oh, you should play this. And be like, well, yeah, but I haven't got that ancient console, and it will look like crap and play like crap. Like, even at the end of the PS2 era, telling people to go back and play a PS1 game apart from a ha- like a really small handful of ones that still stood up like it was mostly just just the way they handled the way they controlled like they're mm-hmm. bad whereas mm-hmm. now I could happily say Dead Rising it's an interesting series but I just say go and play Dead Rising 1 and that wouldn't be insane it wouldn't be like no it hasn't and it's a, just a really good thing to happen to video games you know like being able to slow down and think about where we are and like I remember god someone a while but I started thinking this way maybe a couple of years ago 
or a year and a half ago, but someone was, I was talking about Catherine. They're like, oh, you should write about it. And I said something like, I can't write about Catherine. That game came out a year ago. When obviously in any other artistic pursuit, writing about something that came out a year ago, nothing wrong with that. It's allowed. But yeah. we've been so bludgeoned by the PR hype cycle that we can only talk about what's yeah. new. And that's bollocks. It's really weird. And that's the thing is, and that's why I kind of think that the Dark Souls 2 thing was so odd, because it felt like just people people because they're trapped in this cycle it felt like a lot of the Dark Souls 2 reviews were just critics who love the series using the release of this new game as another way of extolling their love for the series Yeah, because you don't get that option you don't get that chance to do it very often yeah. In the same way that people who fucking love Gears of War be like, I get to talk about Gears of War again. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. It's just like, we should be able to do this whenever we want. And I guess that this podcast is kind of a reflection of that in a way. Anyway, let's do a couple of quick questions. Um, Tom Bickmore asks, uh, do you ever get obsessed with collecting things in games, whether that's going for that 100% or getting every achievement? Not anymore. <laughs> uh, very rarely. Ollie Ollie is the closest uh, I've come to. Uh, and obsession. even then that's not uh, I can't get every achievement because I literally am not skilled enough to do every single thing <laughs> that game wants me to do fast enough. but I do try to I, I do I do want to complete every level at least and that's really difficult I get it with I am actually I don't get it with video games at all because uh, the content's like really bitty or something but with board games I adore expansions because it's not always easy to get board game expansions it's almost like chasing down a rare vinyl record or something and then the ability to come home with like those two expansions for a board game that only has maybe three and then get them home and put them into the box and add them to your collection that's amazing but chasing like 100% of a video game is like no no who has time for that anymore you know it can i don't know it can sometimes just be very tedious i remember i think i lost interest around sort of the gta 3 period where you have those packages around the city and yeah go and find them all if you yeah, I, remember, I remember gta it sounds like a job the, the thing yeah, is like yeah i, I, I think there was a, a point where yeah where it's sort of something clicked in me i guess it's a combination of uh, it's a ratio in life right when you're a kid you've got loads of free time and no money and it means you can just have less video games, but you can rinse them, and you also yes. attach yeah. value yeah. to things that are clearly yeah, yeah. You end up like loving no games value. that aren't actually that good, and growing up to be like, yeah, I spent I spent so much time playing James Bond Two Robocod because I only had that and Sonic One when I played <laughs> for like six months. Those are the two games Did I only you know had. The, um, and Sonic One was fucking boring. Do you still remember the cheat for James Bond Two Robocod? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I can't. Earth, you have to jump uh, over. Yeah, you get the items, then you jump over the door. And yeah, then it's five items. Earth. Oh, it's the order you pick them up. At. And I think actually there was a weird thing where the demo of the game on not on because the demos weren't I think it was demo on PC or Amiga or whatever like they didn't they forgot that oh yeah so yeah, you yeah, it was the, the famous game. demo where you could level skip your way you can play the whole game by basically just using the level skip cheat wow, wow. ridiculous Man, but even though with like Hearthstone you know that that's a collectible card game by definition and it is fucking impossible to collect all the cards in it like video game 100%. you can usually spend a lot of money well yeah that's exactly my point like you know with uh, yeah it, you can but you need to spend a lot of money. Yeah, but I think it's like about 200 quid, I think. Even that is tedious, because, yeah, you buy all the boosters, and then you, you're you going to have to melt them down to make the cards you want yeah. by hand, and there's no real reward for it. Yeah, it's a funny one, but, I mean, I think that the games that I... Like, these days, now I have that kind of... I've hit the other side of the balance, where, like, I've got more money than time. And that doesn't mean I've got a lot of money. <laughs> it just means I don't have any time. Um, it means that, yeah, I, I am, I'm like more willing to just like be able to buy. I, I, I have more, usually I've bought more games than I have time to play. And so the idea of investing an inordinate amount Even of time, more time yeah, into yeah. something that I feel like I've, I've had enough fun with 
Because it is, like, it's it's diminishing returns with fun. Yeah. yeah. Games. And you kind of feel like, I've had a great time with this, but now I'm going to move on. Paul and Matt, did you ever sort of invest in Dota enough that you really wanted to get like a complete costume set for something? Oh yeah, I've got a few sets, but you, I just bought them because you, you can go through chests trying to find stuff, but actually... But you just buy them for in, like a fiver or something? I don't know. I, I've, I've had it happen by accident and that's great, but I don't... I think I'm not invested enough in the cosmetic side that if, if it happens, it's a happy accident and that's great. I've had a, I think not for like a couple of characters I've seen like, not particularly because of my favourite characters, but just I thought that's a really cool costume. And I thought, sod it, I'll pay four quid for that. Because I probably spent about, it's the same thing we were talking about earlier, about the hobby. I probably spent about 70 quid on Dota over the period of a, a year um, just because I spent a lot of time doing it and I enjoyed it. And it was a nice way of being able to give them a bit back for it. Yeah. Mm. Um, but I think, I think games now that do do it right I still don't really 100% them, but game, I love it when a game gives me the impression that as an, a normal adult man, I might. Yes. <laughs> the Batman games were great for that. Arkham yeah. Asylum. Oh my God, Because so it was like, I looked at it and thought, I could do this. Like, which is so rare for me now. And it's bollocks because some of them... I really, got bored. And yeah, I, exactly. But it's that tantalising... Like, in, if you play Assassin's Creed, like, I was playing... Um, the first Assassin's Creed, that's when I, I switched it off. Yeah. I, I've said told this anecdote so many times. I was like, I don't really get this game. What, what do I do in the cities? And I, I climbed up. I picked up a flag and said, one of a hundred flags. I literally yeah. just... I put the control yeah. on I walked and I switched it off. I have also told this story, but Assassin's Creed 1 for me is like has... It's my favorite Assassin's Creed because, and no one got there, but the final third of Assassin's Creed 1 is the best Assassin's Creed game anywhere ever because it was the only time that it got hard. It almost became like a Hitman game and it was the only time in the whole series you felt like an assassin. That's the thing is that they have been easy, but I loved Assassin's Creed 2 and I loved... Um, I yeah, but they're, they're good for different reasons, you know. They're yeah, good. but they're like, it was properly like, it was the equivalent of watching the Saturday morning TV or something. Yeah, it's just a good thing. But with more violence and it's It's stylish as hell, but it's a bit sad that they realised that it was easier and playtested better to fill it with, you know, nonsense rather than actually pursuing that kind of pure assassination. The idea, yeah. yeah. yeah but you're, but you're to right. be fair, you know, it's their own fault because they hid that good assassination game in the final third of Assassin's Creed. And I wonder how many people even got that far. Yeah, I mean, you hear the sure. stats about, about people. I, could, yeah. I, I completed the first Assassin's Creed because I liked it because... Do you remember the book burning mission? That was probably uh, the point no, where... I don't remember. It's a, it's a really horrific bit. You're just in this... Um, yeah, favourite mission in all Assassin's Creed games. You're in a uh, city and you arrive and you see all these grey pyres of smoke burning across the city. And someone tells you, like, whatever, the Altair, it's awful. He, the king has gone mad, he's burning the books. And then you would, and you'd go, oh, God, and as a, you know, as a writer, I felt that was genuinely awful. And it was like, people were throwing books into pyres across the city and you had to put them out. It also had that beautiful thing, which again, they didn't do in an Assassin's Creed game since, where when you killed one of the important Oh people, yeah, they, te- they give you this monologue. And of their like, side, which they yeah. still did. They still. But the thing is, every single one of them, you you, you listen to them and, they, and you go, oh shit, he I, does have a point. Awful. Yeah, like the guy burning the books, I remember, he was like, you, you kill him and it goes into the Assassin's Creed thing of background fades away and you're just holding his body and he says, why do you stop me? And you go, you know, obviously you're destroying knowledge, that's awful, you're destroying all of mankind's progress. And he's like, those books will get this city killed. You don't understand. If people know this, then they'll do this, they'll do this. And these people in the other town over will come and kill us. You've just doomed this entire yeah, city. Yeah, yeah. And that's it. And I'll tell you, it doesn't have a counter argument. Yeah, just he just kind of down. like, he just like closes the eyes, says like, a nominative patria or whatever. Yeah, yeah where, to be honest, Assassin's Creed 2, the plot, as far as I remember, was just evil pope <laughs> <laughs> oh wait the Borgia well, maybe that was, was, that, maybe that was, was brotherhood. brotherhood yeah sorry brotherhood I really liked the uh, I liked Cesare him. Borgia I, I, re- I really liked him I, lo- I love the characters it was very much like it was kind of it was bollocks, pantomime but, but it, it was, was good I liked it but Assassin's Creed 2 as well like I love the fact that by the end of the little exposition tutorial stuff 
I felt actually genuinely really attached to the characters. That never happened. No, that was, I was okay. like, I like, I like Ezio. He's he's like oh, this, yeah, was he was this yeah. charming, dapper, funny chap who was a bit of rogue, and some really bad shit happened to him and his family, and you felt really genuinely like, oh shit. Yeah, it was like he felt like a talented young teenager who'd just been dragged into the real world like in a really horrible way. Contentedly say that by Black Flag. Everything of that kind of everything we've been discussing, all of that artistic merit, is gone. I mean, it's replaced. But it's got pirates. Yeah, well, it's, <laughs> it's replaced by a bunch of really cool sort of uh, pseudo game stuff. Like you can hunt whales and you can skin sharks. I still need to can, play that. I've got it actually. You can have a base and you can you know get a weapon shop in the base and there's pirates and sea combat. It's got so much junk that it throws in your face. And I must have played it for like contentedly for fifty hours, but it was like junk food. And it was such good junk food. It did, however, have the... Do you guys know about the FPS? Oh, I've got to tell you about this. You know the Abstergo plot thing where you're controlling... Oh, yeah, yeah, where you're like you in... You are Desmond, a bartender in the future who... In the first few games, who's going back using the Animus into his ancestors' memories. In Black Flag, it's just you. It's just... Yeah, in Black Flag, it's you. And the plot is that the company, the Abstergo company, the Templars, have... In order to check the DNA banks of an entire population, they have become a video game company. And this is where the whole game becomes a fucking Borges novel, right? Because uh, you you are you, you're an intern at a video games company, and all the people in the video games company are plowing through all of Desmond's DNA throughout history and mapping it under the pretense of designing and selling a video game, but actually all they're doing is going into the DNA and like, and the fucking collectibles you get in this game, like action figures of people in Assassin's Creed Black Flag appear on your in-office desk next to your computer. So you're unlocking action figures of like all the pirates in the Maybe game. Maybe that's a good collectible to get. And they are on your desk. It's insane. It is that's kind of funny. So brain burning. But yeah, yeah, it's kind of funny. Yeah, I, I like that a but lot. But weirdly, I think that yeah, it was, it was that, that again that hundred percent thing with um with Assassin's Creed Two. I think I was on a few games where I was just like, yeah, I am going to fully upgrade my villa, and then with, <laughs> and then with Brotherhood, I'm like, yeah, I am going to buy everything in Rome <laughs> and I did so I do do still do that but it's, it takes a certain kind of weekend it takes a certain kind of collectible as well if it's blatantly just a, a coin or concept art I'm not yeah. interested oh, concept I've got, art I've got, a proper, I've got a proper answer now any story related collectible like I worked so hard to unlock all the story stuff in Transistor yeah I worked I would make sure I hear every conversation with my crew in Mass Effect 2 like that if it's story related yeah, I'll yeah I didn't really feel it so much in Transistor, but I know what you mean exactly. Well, yeah, that's, that's I used almost... to like right back to every RPG. I would walk around the town and talk to every yeah. single person just so I get every single sentence. That's almost what I, I was going to say. It's almost like trying to hunt down every side quest or every sort of every yeah. nook. Uh, but then that's because you know you'll be finding something different every time, and that's different to package one of a hundred. Yeah, there was a game that came package. out. There was a game that came out recently, and it was like I think it was. I was that was one of those things where I just wanted to throttle. Uh, the, the, the most of the games industry at once were just the fact that loads of people were were writing. I think it was the reviews of Ducktail, the Ducktales remake. Oh. There were so many reviews which were like listing it as a positive point that you can unlock concepts. Are <laughs> <laughs> like, what year is this? Have we been transported back to nineteen ninety two? Where like 
getting people to, to like do loads of work in exchange for a picture of a duck is like an acceptable way to reward like I mean like yeah it used to be an amazing thing because back then like just the idea of having a piece of artwork on your screen like that somebody drawn that was like whoa that's do, you not, do you not like ducks I just I just don't get it like I'm just like they are pictures like it's, it's like the same people who are like hey you know it's like when the Club Nintendo did a thing of being like, hey, you can spend some of your stars to get a Donkey Kong wallpaper. It's like, uh. it's a fucking JPEG. <laughs> I, I just sort of feel with stuff like that. It's like, and, you know, if they say, oh, you, if you complete all the game, then we'll send you a coffee table book. With <laughs> oh, oh, yeah, no, that's shit, amazing. I do that. That's yeah. cool. You don't 100% any game I'll tell you that. what, all the games where the concept art is actually worth seeing always don't do it as a collectible they do it as a coffee table book I'm thinking about Dark Souls I'm That's thinking true, about yeah. um, man, Dark Souls concept there art there must be like yeah. Half-Life and stuff must do yeah, it Half-Life had uh, Raising the Bar and then uh, you know Bioshock always did collected like books I know Halo brought huge huge books of yeah. like all of the Halo universe art and stuff yep no if you have good art you're going to sell it as a product if you don't it's a shit unlockable I'll tell you what that's probably a shit deal for the concept artists who get hired at the studios because they're hired for a job usually and then it's done and then all I guess all that's true actually I remember when I was at it's all the rights of the company so they sell millions of books of your drawings literally millions of concept art millions of concept art books (laughs) the untold story hundreds at least when I was at Bioware, I was really blown away by the Mass Effect concept out there. It was amazing. Like, there's so much of it as well. Like all around their studio, they said like, "Oh, here's here's all the ideas we went through for like the armor styles and stuff, and like what the what the armor could be like for the Turians. Here's all the things we went through. Wow. And it's just like they were awesome. Yeah, that sort of thing, which I imagine if it isn't already, would make an amazing coffee table giant book. But that was the sort of thing. Yeah, it's sad. You kind of go, "This is badass," and like no one ever sees. I this. feel like the concept artist, concept artists at games probably have, uh, game studios probably have like a brilliant job because they're so they, they hire the most talented people. Oh, like, but they're not just a concept artist though. Sadly, it's the, I think it's usually the artist who will draw like textures and skin objects, but for a part of any given. I guess it depends. I guess it depends how big the studio is and how big the game is. No, I think most because obviously Cause like, a lot of people have. Yeah. Very, very small roles, which is all just about putting yeah, well, a tiny texture on a, on every <laughs> level. Guild Wars has that famous concept artist who's just like the most famous person at Guild Wars. Uh, t- not Guild Wars. The developers behind Guild, Guild Wars. Um, Arena... Arena Net? I'm not sure. Uh, but I think it's Arena Net. They have... Have you seen the concept art I'm talking about where it's just breathtaking and clearly Possibly, the guy has seen yeah, some really yeah. good art. Yeah, it's like a village made of pirate ships. But I think for a lot of projects they just hire, like, it's just part of the process that they have like, when they're doing the concepting. They hire concept artists and then once they start actually making the game based on the concept art, they then don't need them. Like, and or unless... I think there are some studios that have people full-time and they might have them work on a new project, but mm. for smaller studios... And this is why it's often funny when people talk about people being let go. It's like there is a, a, for most studios that work on one project at a time, there is a case of you start with a very specific group of people that build the foundations and then a lot of those people go and you get different people in to build it and the team grows and grows and grows until you finish the project, then you get rid of everyone and start again. And it's like, I do get the impression that concept artists like do just often work in the early stages unless they get kept on as artists. Yeah, yeah, if they get like... Tenure. <laughs> but I love I love the way that now like stuff like the Ubisoft um, framework they use, the UBR framework they use in Rayman, the Rayman games. And if you haven't already played the Rayman games, fucking play them. The new ones are 
Both Rayman Origins and Rayman Legends are fucking brilliant games. Mm. So good. But I love the way now they've actually got a framework so they can effectively turn concept artwork into yeah. moving animation. We also saw in um, the World War II. The the Valiant Hearts. Oh. Yeah, Valiant Hearts is the Rayman engine. Child of Eden as well, I think. Child is of this. Eden, not very good. No, it didn't look very good. But I love that they're doing that. I love that they are literally just being able to go... I mean, the thing is, yeah, you, you should really absolutely play the Rayman games. Pick I, up don't, I downloaded Origins. Uh, oh, good. I'll have a great time. Origins is so good, but and it's just the, like, it's just amazing. The craziest thing about Child of Eden is it's all, all the dialogue is rhyming verse. Oh, God, I hate when games do that. And that oldie worldy bullshit. <laughs> it's, you know, no, it's like, it's more than fairy tale. I'm sold. No, I know, I know. <laughs> no, but it's, it's not very good. I don't well, no, I think it's really hard to do that well. It's it's almost really hard, but the, here's the thing. Like, I think that would be good if you got, like, a poet to do it. But I think it is, if memory serves, it is a guy the who thing is, I've always had writes a, video games. I've always hated that. It's the Far Cry 3 guy, isn't it? Yeah, it is. Yeah. <laughs> it was like, I think Child of Eden was there, like, it's almost Down like... punching sharks. How Philly Kalu was a response from the people who made Neon Genesis Evangelion, where it's like, you guys have wrong with this, let off some steam. You've been making Far Cry 3 and killing sharks for this long. You can now make a game where a girl gets some wings and flies around a fantasy world. I, uh, I, I do apologise to fans of rhyming. Um, I just, I've always, yeah, it's because my, my mum's a children's poet and she's always, she's always been really like, just because she's always got so angry at the idea that like, because there are some people who think that poetry is just rhyming. And she just she doesn't she barely ever writes any poetry that is rhyming couplets or rhyming at all. And she just really hates the way people go, oh poems. Da, 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 da. <laughs> and just she just thinks it's twee and bollocks. And I kind of agree with her. So I've I've kind of grown up to be instilled with that massive, equally massive, just it's just tiresome. It's like <laughs> like showing that you can write things that rhyme, it's just not impressive. Like, it can be good, but it's hard to make it. It's like, I suppose it's like rap. You know, there are plenty of words that rhyme, but really it's an actual... <laughs> no, kind of, seriously. No, I agree. Like, I agree. Rhythm and tonality yeah. and concept. But and there can be, I find there can always seem to be a real, like, a real sense of smugness sometimes from people who are reading out rhyming poems <laughs> they've written as if like oh aren't I clever I've, I've managed to find a place of words it's a sound bad like time yeah. to say that I've written uh, 1400 if you're a fan of rhyming, rhyming yours, yours is quite good though that's the thing yours is good but I, I just mean just like, don't show it to your mum no I think she'd be fine with that I think it's just it's more with children's poets especially when it's just like oh just it's just bollocks bollocks I like kids. a good child's poem yeah, we should. I'm by myself of a simple mind. Yeah, I'll show you some of my mum's poems. <laughs> uh, you probably like them. They are definitely for simple minds, but anyway, yeah. <laughs> I just find that, that twee rhyming thing in video games. That, it was always fucking fairies, isn't it? It's always fairies. <laughs> <laughs> Not always. I think there was a fairy in, uh, in Not all Brave fairies. Default that did that as well, or something. Well, Not all joke, fairies. It's the joke, it's the joke <laughs> that just keeps on going. Sorry, I'm, I'm a bit snarkier than usual this week because I'm massively dehydrated. But anyway, um, we will end on this, which is a, it's a question, but I'm not going to read it as a question just because I don't think any of us really will. And also, I just I love it as a question and a tweet, so I'm just going to read it. This is from okay. Rich Woodward, who says, Do you get enraged playing games? When have you been the angriest? Once, I beat my bro at FIFA, and he lobbed a sheep at my head. <laughs> wow. <laughs> which I just thought was... Probably cruelty to animals, but I'm assuming there's some sort of something weird going on there. Could but have it been may- a baby sheep. Oh, it probably. I really hope they sheep. like lived on a farm and he just got and then runs out of the room and comes Come back, back like 15 with minutes yeah. later. Oh, with it'd the- be that'd be a really good YouTube video. 
Precisely. Yeah, I just somebody think getting in rears playing a game and then throwing a sheep. If it was FIFA, that's exactly the sort of bollocks that would get you millions of subscribers, as seen by the internet. Um, <laughs> anyway, um, on that bomb, bomb shell. Oh, wow. As a sheep. No. 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 I'm not well. It's not my fault. <laughs> it's not my fault. I take it all back. Okay. Thank you very much. That was brilliant. a bad joke. That was. Uh, get, I, that I did it again. Did it again. Fantastic. I feel like you Thanks. actually just saved me there by taking half of the bullets. Yeah. Well, I felt like yeah. half of the infinite bullets. <laughs> <laughs> I'm, I'm going to hell. Um, thank you very much for listening. I've joined being once. Uh, yes. Uh, yes. Yes. Everyone is here. Um, it's the Sharp Sit Down crew once again, and you will be hearing us again on Daft Souls soon when we are in America. Hey. Thank you very much for listening as ever, and we'll see you next time. Bye. Bye. Bye.